This week in League, the collectibles industry crashes as Darius Boyd refuses to sign any more autographs. We cash in our online betting accounts at their peak after Blake Ashford is told to look for a new club. Nathan Tinkler proves it's easier to drop over two tonne of NRL talent than it is to drop a belt size. And we preview all of the action for round 11 of the 2014 NRL season. All that and more this week in League. Welcome to episode 155 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. This week, um, it's it, it could be proved to be slightly shorter, sh- slightly shorter show this week. Because uh, it was a show that very nearly didn't happen at all. It was it was a tough one. Glenn, <laughs> you, you almost didn't make it. We were teetering <laughs> on the brink. But... <laughs> it was like it was almost just me by myself and wouldn't that have been fucking delightful? <laughs> All manly, all the time. Fuck. <laughs> I'm so glad I came. Yeah. You're or, welcome, cunts. Or some, yeah. Or some other... And that's and, and the biggest problem is like, you know, all the the late notice guest hosts and everything like that and are scattered around the globe now as well. So Exactly. So, yeah. So, it was a tough situation, but we've got a show. Uh, it made us be cut down in areas, for example. You know, you might not get as many of your tweets read out. Blakely's in crisis. The Blakely's are in crisis. As it turns out, the new baby is the spawn of the devil. It turns and, out uh, the new baby is the healthiest member of our family. <laughs> How fucking sad. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Well, I mean, he, yeah, he's the insulated one. He's like, keep him away. Stay away from him. Yeah. Stay away from Leo. But, uh, his mum's had a trip to hospital. She's had a drain put in her lung. His grandmother's been was bedridden for four or five days. His big brother's having bouts of nausea that he just throws up ten times a night. And his dad's just uh, pretty much fucked. Just a sour prick. Sorry? <laughs> that's a little bit harsh. Um, apart from that, because um, that's pretty normal. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't say that was as a result of uh, everything else. But a little bit sick, running some fevers, just a bit run down. Times like this, you've got to really list, ask yourself. Well, why the, the fuck what, do I do a what, rugby league podcast till all the hours of the night? No, no, you ask, what you ask yourself is, what would Matt I do? And the answer is, get up and fucking play awesome and, and you know, score a couple of tries, win the game for your team. Team Blakely, win the fucking game, Glenn. Pick yes. yourself up off the canvas. Get up there. I've been trying to make myself better because... I'm Clutch your shoulder <laughs> and, just, <laughs> and just fucking get up. I've been... <laughs> Um, I'm flying out for Singapore tomorrow morning for a few days, which is pretty poor timing, but unfortunately, not much I can do about it. Yeah, drinking it up at the four floors of Hawes while your family is uh, fucking on their way to hospital. You are not the first person <laughs> to say that I should be attending, and uh, that's not actually going to happen. <laughs> a guy at work who's um, a little bit older than myself and uh, is just a fucking bachelor for life, and he's, he's just... He's just a dirty old man. Buys it by the kilo when he goes to yeah. Southeast Asia. Um, he's. I, I said, oh, look, I'm not going to be here after, you know, after Tuesday. I'm, I'm off for a few days. And he said, where are you going? I said, oh, Singapore. Go, oh, yeah. He's, your, he's like the mayor of Singapore and Thailand. And yeah. Anyway, he goes, oh, well, well, I might be over there on the weekend. Let's go to the four floors of whores. <laughs> like, you realise I'm married with two kids, mate. I'm... Yeah, so has everyone else has ever been there? No. 
<laughs> I said, look, if it was if it's strippers or whatever, I'm, I don't have an issue going to strippers, but four floors of halls, that's not going to happen. It is. It's like it is. It is. You know, it's mostly like strippers. But of course, obviously, if you know, if you wanted to, you know, well, it's not called four floors of halls because. You get a lap dance. No, is but it? you can obviously, obviously, there's more on the, there's more on offer if if you, well, if you would elect floors, to, I guess, sir. If you'd elect to partake, I just remember the 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 one thing I remember from uh, Four Floors of Horse stories is um, mate of mine went over there, very straight laced guy, went over there with a bunch of work uh, people, and uh, they work for a company, very very large software company that I won't mention, but it rhymes with Schmicro Moft. <laughs> And um, they're all very you know, IBM, eh? Quite high. They're all they're all relatively relatively high up. And uh, they went there, and they had this one one girl all night, and they, were, they made a game of it, like picking which ones are which ones lady boys, and you know which ones aren't, because that's something you're gonna have to watch out for as well. And so they've got this game of it, and there was one that was paying him particular attention the whole time, and he just got so drunk in the end, he's just gone. But you know, he kept asking, you know, are you what are you, are you are you a guy, your chick, you know, and kept saying chick. And so he's just gone. In the, by the end of the night, he's just gone. Fuck it, <laughs> gone the crab to, to, to see what the answer wow. was. Wow! And yeah, and uh, as it turns out, he, you know, the the the, uh, the young lady in question was actually telling the truth. And then he got bashed. <laughs> and he didn't, he didn't uh, you know, get some franken beans for his trouble. But um, yeah, that's uh, somewhere I'm not. I'd I'd, I'd be more interested in, in having some fucking chili mud crab or something like that. Rather yeah. than a, <laughs> yeah, rather than the four floors of whores. Is that a euphemism? Or? No, no. It's uh, it's just a, it's a, it's a very uh, we well, you know famous, but you know, it's a dish done especially well in those parts. Excellent. I I must partake. Except you don't like. Hot. Except you don't like chili. You don't like hot hot chili. Yeah. Well, God, maybe t- maybe maybe tell them that, and then they'll be behind the thing going, "Oh, fucking round eyes." <laughs> you know, oh, I don't like to. Oh, not not too hot. <laughs> I make special hot chili sauce for you. <laughs> <laughs> and you end up with cream of some young guy, my grab. <laughs> I can deal with it. So, um, cut down feedback this week. Which, thank, thank fuck, it was cut. It's cut down this week because um, time's a factor. But also, um, it's it's good because you know there wasn't as much like you know, emails and yeah, there wasn't any emails and things like that. So it works. Got a lot of um. We got a lot of uh, got a love, a lot of love last week for our our, our rantiness on the, on you know the we were the, extra the, ranty the, the the young lady in the yellow dress and you know the women in the league thing you know with Louise and whatnot in the midst and I can't remember what else we ran it poor parenting she fucking, fucking parenting had it all but uh, Shabugan said I applaud the social justice episode of this week in the league <laughs> love it boys absolutely killing it um cruzy 06 and then the flip side to that is you were talking about the pokies and so, <laughs> so cruzy's gone kg bird was a good pokey along with uh qon penguins and treasure island and he goes oh, i remember the, treasure island i don't remember the uh and, penguin one. And he said oh the heats i won close to 5k combined on those degenerate fucking gambler he is on a blood buzz et's rugby league best reference from glenn ever yes there you go first and best retire Yep, that's it. Straight, you can dine out now forever. Straight out, one and done. Chapo of the crowd has said Paul Mellor's wife liked playing ET's rugby league when her husband wasn't around. That's possibly <laughs> the funniest thing he's ever said. Yeah. Uh, Niles, 1991. And a couple of people, I apologise, I can't name you all, but this is the first one I saw. Politician Chris Pine has been listening to This Week in League. 
dropping C-bombs. Now, did you hear the footage? No, I didn't. But Beyond a shadow of a doubt, he tried to claim that he said grub. Yeah. But he clearly, he's standing up there in Parliament talking about Bill Shorten and and Bill Shorten interjected something when he was when he was delivering a rant about something and, and he's just sort of looked at him and gone, he's gone, he's gone, ha you're a cunt. <laughs> and then, and then, That's and, magnificent. And then Bromwyn Bishop, the, the speaker's like, you know, the honourable, me- you know, the, the, you know, the, the honourable member will refer to the opposition leader by his appropriate title or something like that. <laughs> I just did. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, he's, well, I, I don't know why, you know, we didn't invent, we didn't invent that word. No, but it's funny, like old mate who, um, old mate in the twenties origin who wrote it on his, yeah. <laughs> on his wrist thing. I mean, it's just like everyone's, it's like you know, you see a sea bomb. We're getting lumbered with that, you know. Any sea bomb out in the wild, and it's, and it's our fault. Yeah. I mean, well, any of the game, credit, game I mean, of Thrones, all of a sudden, yeah. we, well, to we be lay fair, claim to, to it. be fair, people aren't actually saying it's like it's our fault. They're actually like saying it's a good thing. <laughs> like it's a, like we're actually positively influencing the world. But still, it's it's uh, interesting that we get a little credit for it. Um, it's Mitchell 180. Sensational app, guys. One thing the footy shows can't steal from you is providing the hash real talk on everything. And I did see well, a couple even of people. Like, <laughs> I did see a couple of people. We can deliver going, our own opinions oh, yeah. with. with Fucking venom. Well, if we couldn't, yeah. Well, this is the thing. If we if we couldn't do that, what's the fucking point of doing this? I mean, it's a great soapbox, isn't it? Because oh, like I got on such a roll last week, I was extra yeah, ragey. You were extra ragey. Didn't take much to set you off. No, I have been um, a little bit volatile lately. Nicklin said, "As hard as it's going to be, you really need this break." I'm a bit concerned you're going to kill someone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Funnily, I, I'm I, I'm going to sent on a break too for a simpler reason. I think in a couple of weeks. So interesting. Um, <laughs> I had no idea, but there you go. The Ben Z said, "Top podcast, gents. More real talk than the Jerry Springer show or a Donald Sterling interview." The fuck's the speck of part of that supposed to mean? <laughs> Are you saying that we're like <laughs> racially vilifying people? Is he people? saying that Donald Sterling dishes out real talk? Yeah, I mean, he dishes dish, senile talk. He um. Fucking he's got a talk. habit of, of trying too hard to, to be controversial, old Ben I agree. Zed, and I think he's not, not Donald Sterling, Ben Zed. Ben Zed, yeah. yeah. Donald Sterling, he comes naturally because he's got dementia. Yeah, he's I, just I, old I and think, rich. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. he probably still goes to Ben Zed for a loan because Ben Zed does earn a lot of money. And he's, if a you very ask important, him, he's a very important man. He is a very important man and, he, and he's very intelligent. And <laughs> if, you do, if you do challenge him on Twitter, you may have to face him in the car park. I see. Like I see. Mortal I see. Combat style. I see. He called out uh, out old Chapo and Rick, and said, "Like you know, pick your you know, pick the order that I fucking you know, I'll fucking yeah. clean you up in thirty seconds. You know, pick the order you want to get knocked out. That's that's fucking a lot of talk, son. That's 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 the line you don't cross on the internet because you just that's that's the line. There's a line. common you know, thread. There's yeah. a common thread, and you know, like Chapo could scratch together. Like Chapo could busk with his ukulele or his or his harmonica. And scratch up enough change to get a bus or a cab or a fucking train or a, a unicycle or whatever out to wherever our Sydney meetup's going to be. Yeah. And he might get, and you know, Ben Zed might rock up in his fucking pimp mobile with his red carpet because he earns so much money. He's fucking he's so important. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, Rick will just hijack a car. No, he's, and he's, there's he's, every chance. He's, that, Eastern suburbs, you'll ride down on a fucking Vespa or something. <laughs> so there's every chance they could end up in the same place yeah, yeah. and you know it'll just be interesting I mean no one's going to run from Chapo like fucking give me a break but um, it'd be interesting 
and and then all of a sudden Ben Zed's fucking hiding behind you. <laughs> I'm not defending anyone who wants to bring that kind of vibe yeah. to our shit. Don't don't bring us into it. Take it if you want to like start calling people out to car parks like it's fucking year five. It's just like that old, it's like that old mate on Twitter. Take your shit elsewhere. It's like old mate from set, from that South supporter. He's not on Twitter anymore because he he got exposed. He's real life. Bunny man. No fucking not Bunny man. No Bunny man was all right. Bunny man was Shark man's brother. Bunny man was a good one. Oh sorry. Yeah, Shark man was a cop. Shark man was a cop. But um, no, there was that. Uh, what was his Aren't name? Aren't they mates with Risby Stick? Yeah. Yeah, went to his wedding and like you know we got invited to the wedding and I was like, oh, oh my god, the bash is cunt if I go to your wedding. And, uh, Fuck, the, that would have been funny. I kept trolling him well after the Sharkman thing too, just getting off the topic. He'd put comments because I know what his real name is, and we put he put comments on Risby's Facebook post, and I'd just launch into him like you fucking fuck with you. <laughs> and then if it's eventually got blocked and can't see anything he types on it. <laughs> but, poor Risby. Yeah, poor Risby. I say I apologise, but that guy's a cunt. He would um, have soiled his booster seat. <laughs> Nah, Risby's a good guy. Shut up. Uh, Shagger113. You fucking know he's a good guy too. You like him. Jeez, don't you folded, you folded don't like a house all... of cards. I really wanted to launch into him then and you just like nah, I'm not gonna poured cold water over it. We've met Risby several times. He's a yeah, good guy. Yeah, I love Risby. Yeah. I love him. Right. He's a great man. Right. But I also like to take the piss out of him. That's true. If you would like to, you know, just allow me my freedom. Don't you think he's gone through enough watching his fucking journey on Game of Thrones with He's on trial. Shagger one one three. Top work this week, guys. This is a this is a fucking this is like a happy sad tweet, this one. Top work this week, guys, had everyone laughing at work. Comma. Even when most of us have lost our jobs. Yeah. Oh, oh like fuck, dude. That's terrible that fucking news, fucking- man. Why are you listening to us? Why aren't you looking for another job? <laughs> I mean, look, I'm glad that we that we made you laugh and everything, but fuck, there's a, there's a, you know there's more important things in, in the world. There really is. Uh, Mup twenty three. I just wanted to, this. This is basically just an alley for you to launch into the cunt. A bit better this week, boys. Three stars compared to zero last week. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, that's that's good. You know, we always seek. The opinion of illiterate fucking idiots like him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, look, I, I look forward to you continuing to um, to tell us exactly what you think of this show that you listen to for free, probably by downloading it on someone else's internet and you uh, can't afford your own. This next one, I haven't finished. Uh, you still got you got to keep going them up. You'll get you your chance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the, the end. end. The end. It's <laughs> a synonym for the end, essentially. Devon Head. Glenn, better not deny us members the chance to see Leo in a hashtags and decline shirt. Ah, uh, denied. I agree. And guess what? You're going to Singapore tomorrow, so perhaps, just perhaps, Nicklin might be more interested in accommodating us on this. If Nicklin can find the shirt, <laughs> good luck to her. <laughs> She's got five days to scour the fucking house if it, if it, if it hasn't gone in the wheelie bin. <laughs> what a shame that would be. Oh, wouldn't it? Timmy, eight, nine... 8797. Did you know Lewis Brown is related to Brendan Tudor? Hash, loose cunt. I did not know that. I did not know that either. And, like, I don't know what I can do with that information, but it's other than to say, that's very interesting. Why doesn't Lewis Brown start more fights? (laughs) He clearly doesn't come from his side of the family. (laughs) And uh, the Ben Z finally just wanted to mention this one just because there was a little minor meetup. On the on, on the weekend for a couple of the this week in league listeners, chilling with Mitch Doyle zero eight warned by the police for antisocial behaviour. Fuck off, guards! I'm not a purple cheat. <laughs> Apparently got, got got pretty loose. Also, 
they met Shane Aaron Elvis there. And guess what? He didn't say the words, I'm a magician, but apparently he did a fucking, one of the, you know, like a sly, you know, going to the toilet, <laughs> magician disappearing act. When it was his shout. I don't know when it was his shout, but um, I think, you know, they're going to go to a brothel or something afterwards and he just shot through. Vanished. Yeah. Disappeared. Yeah. Well, it still hasn't answered our question. We've asked no. for two weeks in a fucking race. Someone throw us a bone. He's clearly, avo- he's, he's clearly avoiding the issue. What is are you are you or are you not a magician? Like, why is that such a hard question to answer? Yeah, it could be. You know, there could be work. You know, children's birthday parties. I wouldn't like. let him within fucking five kilometres of my. Well, kids. not mine, but in Sydney. Okay. Or yours. You know, we're in Queens. That's all right. I mean, geez, you know, you're going to pay a guy to come up from Sydney? No, of course not. But uh, especially if he's not a magician. <laughs> fucking boring. <laughs> What are the what other qualities does he have? He's a South fan, for fuck's sake. Yeah, like I say, you could use him as a pinata or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't care what comes out, but I'll have a go hit him with the bat. Yeah. Uh, on Facebook, Ian Saguna, he was very, very late. Saguna. He basically, he's been quiet for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's because he's getting <laughs> sick of me singing his name. And and because and Tiger's lost too. The, 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 the weeks when he's quiet comes over Tiger's losses. Tiger's scratched out a win this week. Saguna returns. But he only returned. It was only like a four o'clock this afternoon or five o'clock this afternoon when they came in. But he said uh, he's got something he's throwing out there to everyone. Hey, fellas, since we have a lot of listeners supporting all clubs across the NRL, why don't you pick a club each week and we can pick the best and worst sides ever? It'll be interesting to see what teams listeners come up with, especially those supporting that team. At the end of the year, you can pick your top three from each and we can vote for them. What do you think? Well, that's a novel idea. I Just, like original ideas. I do too. Much better than, you know, people just going out of the way to look like a cunt on our Twitter feed, <laughs> Ben said. Um, mup. Mup. Thank you. Exactly. Um, I like it. <laughs> Are you still going? Yeah. You're Jesus. like Ari- There's like, a few of them in there. It's like a roll call. Like fucking Arya Stark. <laughs> <laughs> it's my kill list. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty sad state of affairs if you're saying Chapo's name before you go to sleep. Yeah, I know, I know. But it does, it does provide for the most wonderful dreams and sexual ones. Really? I'm going to say you would have the most reversed, reverse wet dreams yeah. where the eye of your penis just closes over of its own accord. It just disappears. Yes. It's, just... <laughs> it's like those, uh, those clearance lads where they show like the pimple yeah. and then it comes over and it goes mountains flat. <laughs> it's the Chapo effect. And uh, of course, just apply this Chapo cream, and your penis will clear right up. <laughs> Drop off when you least expect it. Um, Fuck knows you're not using it anyway. <laughs> We're not going to warn you, are you? I mean, yeah, it's, it's a mercy. <laughs> um, membership update. Good news, everybody. The uh, I'm, I'm sitting at the desk right now, looking at my uh, Coke Zero sponsors um, in a uh, Twill Nation member. Stubby cooler. Glorious. Absolutely glorious. And I look across the desk at yourself and you're wearing a This Week in League Tour Nation members lanyard. Yes, yes I am. Sensational. And uh also finally well the stickers are the first the first item to come in to come into play ages ago. Shirts are on route to this very location and I would expect to have them probably end of the week or you know this time next week at the latest usually takes a couple of days and uh, at that point we're packing those bitches up and dispatching them our uh, <clears throat> merchandise department 
doesn't quite know what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> our, our, our actual fulfilment arm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and they say we, we might have to do that ourselves. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I mean, I might have to go in and just help her out. Yeah. Pack yeah. them up and then she can do the postage. That's I, think we, I, think, I think we might have to, yeah. Because maybe, she's got three kids. Maybe explore ways to, <laughs> explore ways to, you know, send that in that much bulk, like explore, explore ways kids, to make it cheaper. Uh, one that's two, one that's eight months old. Could you imagine taking all those membership packs? <laughs> that's a lot. But, um, also, I mean, I want to get rid of the last, I mean... I'm not sure exactly how many we have left, but as I said, it's, it's sort of around, you know, sort of 10-ish, 15-ish, something like that. I mean, we'll have to take, you know, take one out for ourselves, of course, but, um, you know, it'll leave a couple. So I'm thinking that uh, next week, once we actually have all of the them all together and they're all packaged up and ready to go and we've got a stock take on what's left, we might try and figure out some special way to get rid of the rest of them because, you know, being a membership stuff, it's not like, you know, like Revelation Church and Tigers in Decline that are just ageless, you know, fashion. I mean, these ones, you know, they have, you know, they have a shelf life, you know, they have a year, you know. So, and uh, and now and now we know how long everything takes. You know, we can sort of run the memberships like a club does, and actually start looking at it at you know November and Christmas time. Yeah. You know, for the next year, and so we can have them out for the start of the season, that kind of thing. Um, living and learn, we had no idea what we were fucking getting into, quite frankly, with the the, the amount of merchandise that we've had to produce. But uh, it's good. It's all coming good, and. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I can't wait to see all the tweets and uh, pictures on Facebook, etc., of people sporting their membership gear at games and around exactly. the traps and getting photos with you know, like you know, the Ottoman and you know, Rochow. It's going to be magnificent. It's just going to be fantastic. Sunny Bill, imagine that. Someone takes you know, kidnaps Sunny Bill, oh. gives him the honey and the and the tied up in the chair treatment. What would happen? Strategically covered if up. If you'd previously used the Chapo cream. And then you saw a picture of Sonny Bill in a This Week in League Twill Nation shirt. Would I'd you just implode? <clears throat> would you internally drown? Well, it depends on your I mean, own if, bodily fluids. If you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you drown from the inside. Just like, <laughs> Where would it go? It can't go anywhere. <laughs> just comes out. There's going to be a lot of it. It's just like tears and. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this is quite frankly. It's a and thought. these are the things that go through my mind when I'm deliriously tired. <laughs> Yeah, they're probably better. Probably better than you hear the energy drinks again. <laughs> news. Okay, this week, uh, obviously the big news story, uh, two news stories there, the uh, Origin teams have been named for the next week's State of Origin extravaganza opening match. Uh, we'll go New South Wales first. New halves combination has been unveiled with Bulldogs duo Trent Hodkinson. How many times do you hear fuckwits on the TV and the radio say Hodgkinson? Motherfuckers learn to read. It's not that and, hard. No. And Josh Reynolds replaced Mitchell Pearce and James Maloney. So Hodkinson, one of two de- de- oh, sorry, debutantes in Laurie Daly's team, with Roosters winger Daniel Tupo replacing James McManus on the wing for New South Wales. I mean, say, you know, Reynolds is practically a fucking debutante, though. I mean, you know, given yeah. the, you know, the Jamie Bure, you know, seven-minute wonder, you know, the Daly Cherry Evans Australian experience sort of thing. But um, seven changes to the team. 
And uh, Daly said it was a tough decision to change halves, but in the best interest of the team, I thought it was necessary. Pierce's off-field problems when he was arrested in King's Cross after refusing to leave a nightclub had taken part in the Roosters' halfback being left out of the team. I took everything into consideration. I've spoken to Mitch a number of times before I made the decision. The right decision was to leave him out for game one. He's a wonderful man. He's a wonderful man, but he's made an error, and he knows what he has to do. It's not a phone call you want to make. It's not a decision you take lightly. What does he have to do? Not grope people. Paid a significant fine. You know, done the... You know, he's done anything that any other player would ever... You know, who's ever done anything, you know, has done. He's made a fucking public apology. He's, um, he's been stood down by his club and now he's missed an origin game. Um... Not condoning his actions, but as we said last week, by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah, all the news last week was like, you know, they've done, you know, they've they've done a masterstroke, you know, they've they PR'd this, you know, and and done everything they had to, to you know, to get get him in there for Origin, but clearly not. And uh, Jared Hayne, good on was, good on the selectors for taking the hard stance, though. Yeah. Um, it makes you think that you know. There might have been a little bit more to the story. Makes me think that they're looking for an excuse to fuck him off anyway because his form's been shit this year along with his half-part. You say that, but... I mean, Daly has endorsed Pierce for, you know, since the start of the season, regardless of form. Time's changed. Sorry? Time's changed. You've been endorsing Benji forever until the end of last season. (laughs) Time's changed. People change. Feelings change. And Mitchell uh, Pierce never cut Laurie Daly's <coughs> penis off, which is effectively. Benji Marshall cut your penis figuratively. off. Figuratively, Benji Marshall cut your penis off and did applied you? the Chapo cream. <laughs> Just to stop it growing back like a lizard's tail. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, "Come on, mate! It's been going thirty-six years, and this is as far as I've got. Does, do you really need the cream?" <laughs> Um, <clears throat> Andrew Fafita with an ankle injury Boyd Corden a knee and uh, Greg Bird suspended all unavailable for the first game oh, I thought they might have gone the old TBA on Bird but they didn't I mean they, you know, they could have got away with it mm. but uh, they didn't do it because you know integrity Clearly not something Queenslanders wouldn't understand and uh, <clears throat> strange both Scott in the side anyway we'll go through the actual side itself Hayne at fullback excellent selection uh, the two Morrises Bmoz and Jmoz on the wing and centres respectively. Jennings and Tupo on the other centre and wing. Reynolds, Hodkinson, your props, Woods and Tamo. Hooker, Farah, as expected. Then we have the second row. The second row is where I've got the fucking problem. Scott and Hoffman. Fucking softer than baby shit, Hoffman. <laughs> and Scott, just not up to it in my opinion. I mean, you know, he's he's renowned as a as you know as a tough cunt. And you know, I'll never forget, you know, you know, giving the, you know, the, the short arm to to Thiday, you know, grabbing him by the lapel and pushing him back, and Thiday was shitting his pants. So he does have some sort of, you know, intimidation to him. But it's it's it's, 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 it's rugby league. Really? It's Who's not... intimidated by Bo Scott these days? Really? Exactly. No Who one. would be? And what does Bo Scott bring to the side? You know, like once everyone gets over the oh, Bo Scott, big scary man, which no one really ever fucking bought into anyway he's got to bring more to the fucking side well defence that's all he can do but every player you know guess what it's rugby Fuck, league if, you're an, if you make origin you want you only be able to defend it's the funny thing about Jamie rugby league asterisk. well it's the funny thing in rugby league you know with, with a few exceptions in history like Darren Lockyer in rugby league everyone on the field has to tackle it's not NRL they're not switching the NFL they're not switching out 
you know, defensive lines and offensive lines. Everyone's got to do the defence. I just think that particular selection is a little bit... It seems a little bit desperate to me. And it I just think seems it a bit fucking stupid defeatist. to me. Defeatist. You know, like there's... There's enough quality players available for New South Wales that you you could really put a more positive message forward by picking a you know a solid rugged um, more attacking sort of option than Bo Scott. You got to pose more questions to the Queensland side, as far as I'm concerned. The bench: Merrin, Watmo, T Rex gets his uh, redemption. It's ludicrous. Absolutely fucking... Res- I've, I'm absolutely... Fuck, you'd rather throw a debutante in there than give T-Rex a reward for his play for the first 10 rounds of the season. Give me a the, there's, break. The, there's, there's four selections I've got big problems with. And the aforementioned Scott and Hoffman. T-Rex on the bench and Luke Lewis. I mean, yeah, Luke Lewis has been there and done it all before. I mean, he is, a, you know, I remember you know, Gus Gould would you know, describe him as a blue blade made for, made for origin, you know, made play for New South Wales. But he's had a rough year. He's had a rough season, and he's not his best. So to throw well, I wouldn't say he's had a rough season. He's played two games. Yeah, that's what I mean. Though. He's, you know, is he at, is he in any any sort of shape to throw into state of origin football? It's who would you have in there? In, well, this know, is in this, place of them? this is it. I mean, but the thing with Lewis as well. I mean, you look at the other guys. I mean, T Rex. You know, yes, he once played on the wing, and yes, he once was you know man of the match. Uh, uh, Premiership Queensland Cup Premiership winning five eighth for the Sunshine Coast Seagulls. So, yeah, However, that's fucking who's, ridiculous. Who's backing up? Who? This, my point is, who's the fucking cover for the back line? Lewis, exactly. And he's fucking. You know, those days are long gone. Long fucking gone. Well, he started as a winger and a, a centre. He's, yeah. he's not. He's not filling in at fucking wing or centre these days. Nope. At hundred and something kilo. No. Exactly. Well, but then where else is he going and, to? And that's where he, head knocks later. And that's, but that's where he's going to. I mean, if there's an injury, they'll reshuffle and you'll have to end up in the centres. So that's why that's, that decision mystifies me a little bit. But, you know, and I can't even say in in, in, uh, in laws we trust because I don't trust that fucking guy as far as I can. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't trust that guy as far as I can throw him. And I mean, he's not the biggest unit in the world, but still I couldn't throw him that far. So it's not a lot of trust. No. Um, moving on to Queensland... Same as ever, with the addition of uh, of Aiden Guerra from uh, the Roosters, which is a bit of a surprising selection as far as I was concerned. But um, he's he's, he's coming as expensive like a, a Dave Taylor, yeah, that sort of player. And you know, based on form, he, he definitely deserves to be there. I saw a tweet retweeted uh, from by someone else of uh, Martin Lane <clears throat> saying, "You know, how the hell could you omit Dave Taylor?" Was the general gist of it. Speaking of head knocks, yeah. Um, that dude, let's remind you, his running style was to run head up in the air, waiting for fucking stiff arms. And I think he took uh, maybe six to eight too many over the course of his career with that sort of ridiculous statement. Dave Dave Taylor is, is a myth in 2014. Even bigger myth than he was in 2013. 12, and when, what did he start playing? <laughs> <laughs> he had that one good patch, but just before Carmichael left the Broncos, and Carmichael was, he was running off Carmichael. That was that was his his peak time. That's when he um he signed his deal with South for some big big cash because he was looking great at that time. That's where he managed to you know slide into Origin and you know be, you know, have his name mentioned around that time of year. But no, absolute myth. Uh, Running just, off hand passes from an <laughs> AFL player. How sad, Dave yep. Taylor. 
Now, the Queensland side, we'll just go through it. Billy Slater, no surprises there. Uh, Tate and Boyd, no surprises there. Inglis and Hodges, no surprises there. The halves, Thurston and Cooper. Well, surprise there. I mean, you know, I would, I would have thought that they would have outcast Cooper Cronk to the rugby league wilderness in, in favour of the true the true halfback, Daly Cherry Evans. And um, Cherry Evans will get there. He needs to bide his time. And, I, and you know, you can sing his praises as much as you like. But, um, Motherfuckers clutch as fuck. As he proved, as we'll, as we'll talk about. Um, didn't Cooper Cronk just win an Origin Series with a last-minute field goal yeah, last, you, not 12 months ago? Why are you bring up old shit? That was like fucking 12 months ago. Yeah, whatever. It is a long time in rugby league. Daily Cherry Evans is 24 hours ago. It's exactly. past two, bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's far more recent past. <laughs> uh, where were we? Um, the, the funny, you just go through Queen's it's zero surprises. Matt Scott, Cameron Smith, Nate Miles, Matt Gillett, Chris McQueen. Corey Parker, and then your interchange, Daly Cherry Evans, Ben Teo, Aiden Guerra, Josh Papali. So Papali has almost made his way from South Logan <laughs> into the Origin side over the course of like a fortnight. I mean, he hasn't been back in the with the Raiders for that long, has he? I think it was only was the only call up last week. Um, so interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, incumbents there, you'd have to say. Yeah. Um, Chambers and Friend as as backups. Jake yeah. Friend, is, is is he there just for the experience of being with the Origin squad? Or? You'd think so. Cameron Smith's the last guy that's going to, you know... Unless, you know, he's got a pending suspension for borderline killing someone. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, he has up the psycho... He is a grub. The psycho quotient, yeah. But, um, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a massive fan of the bench, but, I mean, like, as far as the the, the run-on side is concerned, it's exactly... Jerry Evans, Jerry Evans would be lucky to get 10 minutes in, of game time. Um, unless <laughs> carrying, a halfback, carrying a halfback on the bench... He's a utility. It's just, yeah, it's, it's fucking stupid. the fuck stu- else is he going to play other than halves? It's fucking stupid. I mean, and then you see when, you know, they, they, they throw him on like, you know, Sheen just throws him off for Australia and he sort of turns into this, you know, wide-ranging, you know, left-edged kind of dude that's sort of like a 5-8-ish, centre-ish, <laughs> second-rower position where he's just there and tries to do and, his thing. And, and slots in at hooker yeah, for yeah. a few tackles, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just, it's fucking stupid. It's pure genius. <clears throat> but, you know... You know, this is this is a guy that selected Darius Boyd in his side, so let's not get too fucking crazy. And and you and know, to carry. And, and and put Billy Slater in at fullback uh, when you know Greg Ingles is clearly a superior player at this, at this juncture of his career in that position. And uh, Billy Slater probably should uh, rep career over son, but maybe it'll be after this season. Maybe, um, but yeah, I you know. I haven't, don't really have too many thoughts on these sides at the moment. I mean, we'll get bombarded with everything over the next week and, you know, the you know, like twists and turns, you know, you might get some guys that are, uh, you know, borderline injured, maybe don't make it. Maybe you see one of those guys in the 18th and 19th jerseys. You know, coming. I think the combinations for New South Wales are, um, you know... It's positive. Clearly in the backs, I think that's a, that's a good thing. Um, pretty solid halves. They've, you know, Reynolds competitiveness um, and gritty sort of play, I think, uh, could certainly get some of those 50-50 plays, you know, where guys like Cronk and Thurston and have, have always, you know, got to the ball first. And, yep. you know, Reynolds is that type of guy as well. Yeah. So it might give New South Wales a, a, a stronger chance in those sort of small contests on the field. Um, and when you add those up, you know, a lot of the times it, it does go a long way towards victory so I think those combinations are, are a positive thing and uh, they seem to as far as the backs go they seem to 
be headed in the right direction. Um, Woods in the front row is well-deserved. He's, he's, he's played well uh, this season. Tamau's lucky to be there. Very, very lucky to be there. And I would suggest with uh, without the injury to Fafita, he may not have been there. Yeah. And um, look, I expect Robbie Farrah to make his customary 50 or 60 tackles. And um, You know, the beautiful thing about Hodkinson and Reynolds being there means that if this game is all tied up with 30 seconds left, the ball's not going to find its way to fucking Farrah's hands to, to fucking lose the game. You've got some guys there that are, that are technicians on the field goal. <laughs> and Farrah would be lucky to be the third or fourth option at this point, which is great. Look, if you, It's encouraging if, to if see. There's, if there's 10 to, 10 to go and New South Wales are in with a chance of, of winning the game, it's it's probably due single-handedly to Robert Farrah, Robbie Farrah's efforts. And then you'll kick um, it out on the full of some dumb shit. <laughs> so, you know, it's only fair that someone else might put their hand up and uh, and, and contribute to the victory also. Yeah, I think Robbie Farrow's on his last chance this year. We'll see how he goes. Now, next, as we alluded to at the top of the show, Tinkler may relinquish control of the Newcastle Knights. And the article I'm reading here is it's as soon as today, as in Tuesday, so maybe tomorrow after this show comes out, it may actually happen. As crisis talks between the NRL, Hunter Sports Group, and the Knights Members Club. Uh, <clears throat> immediately after a lengthy meeting in Newcastle, everyone shut up shop and it was all silent, but an NRL spokesperson said they were able uh, they were able to reveal we made some progress and there's likely to be more information released soon. Uh, speculation was the NRL might announce a resolution to the ownership wrangle and that uh, Tinkler's HSG was on the verge of accepting terms for a handover. Understood there could be an announcement as early as Friday. The mining magnet's position as a custodian of Newcastle's rugby league franchise has looked increasingly untenable since HSG defaulted on a $10.52 million bank guarantee on March 31st, a fundamental breach of the 2011 privatisation agreement. By reneging on the bank guarantee, HSG entitled the Members Club to launch the process of buying the Knights back for $1. They served notice of that intention three weeks ago, requesting that HSG hand over all the Knights' assets, in particular the $10.52 million cash currently sitting in a joint signatory bank account. And... Uh, and early indications from HSG were that they intended to challenge the buyback, but uh, on the weekend um, they were warned that the members' club would have no crimes about launching legal action. So they're trying to get in. They're, they're trying to resolve all this without being a, a legal action thing. But um, <clears throat> now the NRL they've done a forensic audit of the Knights' accounts, and apparently they have liabilities approaching twenty million dollars. So that 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 ten point five million or whatever it was won't cover the the debt anyway. And then HSG failed to pay about twenty players and staff their monthly wages last Thursday. So, and this includes, you know, staff as well. And then there's extra complications in there as well. I saw that um, Wayne Bennett, should Tinkler lose control of the club, there's speculation that his contract, which is like up to a million dollars a year, is actually contracted to HSG and not the Knights. Jesus H. Christ. So, he would, so then he would have to probably renegotiate his contract and probably sign on for less, you know, to continue his and coach And would he be there. willing to do that? Uh, exactly, exactly. So, uh... What a fucking mess! Um, it's funny how these know. things, like you know, he's you know three years ago he's God. I mean, they've got a statistic here. What was it? They are ninety-seven percent of the members voted to endorse his takeover bid three years ago. It was a pretty sexy option back in the day. He was uh, flying high, and his um, mining industry businesses were were flourishing. But he the may industry have been a billionaire has taken. Sorry, he may have actually even been a billionaire back then. Sure. He um, 
we all know the mining industry isn't quite what it was three years ago and certainly not what it was five years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't doubt for a second that he's still a very, 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 very wealthy man that could easily cover any and all of those debts. But he's also a very, very shrewd and merciless businessman. So, um, you know, whether the nostalgia of, of owning, you know, the club that you supported as a child um, has worn off and the harsh reality of uh, trying to run a football club as a business has hit home and it's all just got a bit hard and uh, I just I feel bad for the, the players and the and the staff that haven't been paid. Well, you know, you sign a contract, you're obligated, you know, you, you're obliged to feel like you should get paid. You, yeah, you, you do feel like that should be the case. I mean, I've been, I've been, uh, I've worked for a startup before where you know that didn't happen. Yeah, well, but I mean, at the end of the day, like it's it's professional sport, yeah. and you know, clubs are bound by licensing agreements and and all the rest of it. You, if you were gonna, this isn't fucking Amway. <laughs> <laughs> you'd you'd think that. Um, you'd you'd be cut and dry to get your money, and it's pretty sad that. You know, I'm not crying any tears for Darius Boyd, but um, you'd probably think he's he's going to be okay until the money comes through. But there's, there's there's people further down the line on, you know, much 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 more modest salaries than Darius Boyd and people like that, and, and other players that haven't been paid. And I'm not saying it's right, but you know, they could be well struggling to put food on their tables, and Tinkler's there fucking yep. wiping his ass with hundred dollar bills. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You take a fair few hundred dollar bills too, just quietly. You mentioned and a squeegee. You mentioned Darius Boyd, and uh, just moving on from that story, uh, Darius Boyd's refusing to, fulfil- to fulfil his off-field obligations as the payment woes threaten to derail the night season. It's understood that Boyd is one of a host of high-profile players, uh, which includes, uh, in addition to Wayne Bennett himself, who did not receive their monthly salaries, which are due on the 15th of every month. The NRL issued a furious statement taking aim at Nathan Tinkler, whose ownership of the club is now in severe doubt, as we just mentioned. At least 20 club employees had not received their salaries, with the NRL labelling developments as completely unacceptable conduct from Newcastle management. A club insider described the non-payments as tough. But it says payments to staff and players Words are paid. That person is. Yeah, must have been the fluffy himself, really. Uh, payments okay. to staff and players are paid late, quite regularly, normally four or five days behind. Some officials are paid on Friday, one day after the scheduled pay date. Superannuation payments have also fallen behind. Boyd is one of the most affected, and reports have surfaced he's up to two hundred thousand dollars out of pocket for unpaid third-party payments. It's understood that while he's maintained all his on-field commitments, he's been left furious with his contractual wrangle. It's understood he's skipped club functions and is refusing to sign club jerseys which players do after most training sessions. Boyd did not attend the club's season launch in February, with the club citing personal reasons behind his no-show. So, uh, very interesting. And that pro- that has a lot to do, you know, it's got to have a lot to do with the uh, his massive dip in, in uh, form this year as well. Would it, you, can, you can definitely join the dots on well, it. Um, who would have thought Darius Boyd would have the, the stones to take such drastic action? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like a rugby league Gandhi, <laughs> only more of a cunt. Well, <laughs> we're more of a douchebag. But um, when you when you look at the statistics, you know the the CVR uh, ratings that they do. He's ranked the seventeenth best fullback in the NRL this season, as far as his you know average match contributions. And uh, last year he was seventeenth best. Yeah, yeah, from sixteen clubs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, so uh, James Tedesco and Curtis Rowe obviously got in ahead of him. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. 
Wow. And uh, his, his uh, CVR score of 197.76 is well down on his last season tally of 358.75. And 2012, he was 370.9. And his career high was uh, 2010 for St. George when he was 427.73. So <laughs> that's fucking like disgraceful. Wow. Yeah, so that really does uh, you know chart his decline pretty well. So, um, you know, the NRL's guaranteed payments. However, you know, it's still a major fuck around. And, uh, you know, not a massive fan of Darius Boy, but pay the man, for goodness sake. Well, he's, again, he's signed a fucking contract. Mm-hmm. You're on your contract. Exactly. And that cuts both ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So, you know, Darius, maybe improve your performance as well, mate. Earn that fucking money. Stop being a Jack Whiten. Recaps. Friday night football, first game, Melbourne Storm 27 to feed the Rabbitohs 14. And uh, the Storm's points came from a double to Billy Slater, getting himself back in form at the right time of the year. Cooper Cronk got a try. Sissa Wanga got a try. Cooper Cronk nailed a field goal. Cameron Smith, perfect with the boot. Four conversions from four attempts and one penalty goal from one attempt. And the Rabbitohs, a double to Alex Johnson. Adam Reynolds got a try as well and was one from three on the conversions. Yeah, solid performance from Melbourne. Um, and one that was probably needed to make sure that they were heading in the right path into the toughest time of the season for them as a club. Uh, the origin period, they, they generally struggle through. You know, they might even jag a few unconvincing wins, but it takes them a little while after the origin period to get fired up again. So these sorts of wins um, where they can put a solid performance together with it with a full complement of players... Um, those two points of gold. Um, Slater thought he played his best game of the season. Um, he's had some fairly ordinary games so far in 2014, and um, there was a number of us questioning, you know, whether he was starting his decline. Twitter, especially, is a, is a, is a, a wonderful. Uh, yeah, a lot of people think that he's he's starting that. I'm going to say gradual. Um, you know, away from his peak years of of the last few seasons, I just I'm going to wonder if the rep games in another long season, if if you know if they he has looked tired of late. I think, um, you know, World Cup and then you know we've got the Four Nations. It's if if he is starting to you know on a bit of a downward path. He's got a full rep calendar, four nations at the end of the season, plus a you know full season, maybe finals for Melbourne as well. Um, I wonder if that accelerates it. That's you know by the time we get to round twenty six, I'm sure we'll have an answer. But um, this was by far his best game of the season. Um, South really struggled to to handle him. Just on the Rabbitohs, I think they're still very close, but not quite close enough to being that elite side when it comes to big games against the bigger teams. Um, this is a decline from the last two seasons. Absolutely. And I think teams have, have woken up to South, you know, and um, they have had games where their forwards haven't been anywhere near as dominant as what they have been and they've really yep. struggled. 
uh, Reynolds and and Sutton have, have struggled to get that same you know thrust through the middle um, and on the edges off the back of the forwards and um, teams teams have really have woken up to the Rabbitohs and they need to change something um, to stay ahead of the game if they're going to remain that type of side. But um, you know this was a big game against big quality opposition and and you know it was fourteen nil without too yeah. much of a, a problem for Melbourne. They looked to never really get out of third gear and, and handled South fairly easily. Okay, uh, the Ben Z, of course. Woeful effort by Rabbitohs. No excuses. I'm blind. Soon to be fine. And watching our decline. Hash useless pricks. Hash turn up. Uh, Unky D. Is that a half a manly team? Only lose to Storm. Uh, total ref's fault. Bunnies get beaten by Storm. It's hilarious. Hash pretenders. And uh, then we've got Shane Aaron Elvis. Storm turn up every week. South failed to show up for a full half. Glenn is a genius. He called it. Much respect. I don't remember a word of that, Maybe but he's thank talking you. about Glenn Stewart. Also on Friday night. He is a magician. Brisbane Broncos 22 to feed the Gold Coast Titans 8 at Suncorp Stadium. And uh, this one, the Broncos 22 points came from a double to Dale Copley. Matt Gillett and Jack Reed also with tries. Corey Parker 2 from 3 conversions. And Matt Gillett with a penalty goal. I think Titans' bubbles burst and they were always going to struggle against the Broncos at Suncorp. But um, they really lost any hope that they had of winning this game fairly early on with uh, Zillman going with con- concussion and Caesar hurting. What did it end up being? Was it a peck? I, I heard it was like a, a torn peck, but I, I, it wasn't that serious, was it? Um, I haven't heard the final yeah, diagnosis. Um, Broncos... The Broncos, I think we might have said it before, and we've said it about other teams over the course of the podcast, that they seem to play to a, a particular level again and again and again and again, and that's where they get to. Um, and the, you would have thought the addition of Barber, you know, would have been that X factor to get him over the top in close games. Um, and and we've, but they've shown this game they, they took advantage of, uh, you know, the Titans having a pretty rough night, losing a couple of key players, and and they managed to uh, to put some good plays on and get over the top of the Titans, and that's one thing. But um, in the closer games, I just think they're, they're probably going to want or need Barber to to really provide that X factor like he had had done for the Dogs in the past, which is obviously a big reason why they bought him. Um, they're just not going to be able to rely on you know guys like Gillette and Jack Reed and. You know, they've, they've got Hodges and Barber are by, by far their most creative attacking yep. players. And um, Hodges is, is not far removed from coming back from serious injury. So, he's not far removed um, from going back on another serious injury, really, well, historically speaking. If history's, history's anything to go by. So it's really, uh, it's really going to be up to Barber, certainly through the origin period. Um, they're losing some key um, key forwards. Thought they still had injured... And, you know, it's really going to come down to Barber. He's going to have to step up, and, and it starts this week for him. He's done nothing, really. And, it, I mean, I remember, remember the, the, the jubilation when he finally got across the line and scored a try. Even though that try was nothing to do with himself, he was just there and right to catch the pass or whatever to score the try. I think he's, he's, got, he's got to be up there with uh, shit is by the year. And, I mean, Benji may come and, over, you know, overtake that, but, you know, Barber's <laughs> going to be up there. Um Look, there's certainly an expectation from the Broncos fans, and you do notice it at the home games. Um, every time he touches the ball, there's a certain expectation yeah. he's going to do something, which is a lot yeah. of pressure. You know, um, 
but he's, I think he's probably struggling to find his way into their structure a little bit. And uh, They play a vastly different style to what the, the Bulldogs did during his time there. So, um, yeah, big ask for him. He's, he's got a fair way to go to, to hit that sort of purple patch of form again, and um, he doesn't have the same quality of player around yep, him. Yep, yep. Uh, I should say, say as well, the Titans' eight points came from tries to Anthony Don, uh, Bo Henry conversion, Aiden Caesar, a penalty goal. Twitter, Hammers, H4MMERZ. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but losing Zillman killed us. Uh, Cruzy 06. Luckily, the Titans brought their turnstile defence tonight. 38 missed tackles versus 15, plus made to do an extra 100 tackles more. It's Mitchell 180. Best thing about the game was Hodges' pass and the full-time siren. And that, that means uh, Hodges' uh, flick pass for a Copley try. Uh, Unky D. Where's the millions of Titans fans who a few weeks ago polluted Twitter with their delusions? Competition leaders? Bye-bye. And finally, H for Tenny. I'm not going to say Ben Hunt should be this year's M medalist, but if Barber can win it, come on. Hash, thank God for Ben Hunt. And, um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was calling the decline of the Titans. It, it, I'll, I'll be honest. I'll put up my hand and say, look, it's happened about two or three weeks later than I thought it would. But, uh, you know, it doesn't happen overnight, but it will happen. <laughs> Parramatta Eels, 36, defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons, 0 over there at Pertec. And the Eels, 36 points, came from a double to Ken Seo. He's been getting across the stripe a lot since he came back into the side. Corey Norman, a double to Jared Hayne and Paulie Paulie. Chris Sandow, 6 from 6 conversions, defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons, featuring Benji Marshall, 0. Yeah, Jared Hayne is had another one of those games. Um... I think he's probably won more game like this away from his 2009 fuck everyone and fuck everything and I'll yeah. just do whatever the hell I like yeah. on the field. Um, a couple of his touches. And it, it, St. George will wife will take... Um, you know, you, you can't detract from that, but he can only play what's in front of him and, you know, he's, he's really heading towards that real rich reign of form from 2009 which seems like an eternity ago but um, he has, has had flashes yeah he does he does hit it every Eels. year for a period of time just depends on you know what sort of period that actually turns out to be and and to say to say that he's, he's done it you know in sides over the last couple of seasons that were getting flogged were very fucking ordinary and he still managed to do it which it speaks volumes for the quality of, of pl- player that he is I feel a bit bad watching Benji um which I find funny saying. I, I think there was a little part of me that um, that wanted him to not have a you know a fantastic game, but I don't know that I ever would have wished the game that he had on him um, as a you know a fairly disgruntled Tigers fan. Um, I just felt I felt bad for the bloke. At the end of the day, he was great over a you know period of time for the Tigers, and and certainly. Um, was by far our biggest, our biggest marquee and most marketable player in the history of the club, and um, you, know, you, you have to respect that sort of stuff, uh, regardless of how he might handle himself um, in the later days. But he was on a hiding to nothing um, once he was named in the side, uh, you know, five days after joining, and. It, I don't know that anyone would have imagined that he could have played quite as badly as, as it turned out, there, but it was a fucking horror show, um, and I found it really difficult to watch. Uh, just on para, 
Confidence is, a confidence is a massive thing, obviously, and and you know when they're winning games and the, and the type of players that are in there, um, Joseph Paulo, uh, Jared Hayne, Willie Tonga, Sandow in particular, they're all confidence players and they're playing with a hell of a lot of confidence at the moment. Um, they're well coached, and then you've got the Hayne influence on top of it. I, I think you know they'll prove to be a very formidable formidable opponent as the season goes on. It's good to see a team having you know having fun too. You know what I mean? Like good yeah, absolutely. They've got smiles on I mean, their faces. It's good. It's yeah. good. I mean, you know, like, you know, fuck Paramount Eels. We're talking yeah, about yeah, Paramount. Fuck the Eels. However, the club. But, I mean, it's, it's good to see, you know, we know a lot of fans. And I, I personally, I don't know what it feels like to go, to go through terrible years. But, I mean, it's good that, you know, they got something to smile about, you know, at least for the time being. Uh, the Ben Z, the Hain plane soars again. Meanwhile, at Cogra, good evening, folks. Welcome to flight MH370. I'm your captain, Benji Marshall. Uh, then we got our, our old, old mate, no, that's true. 36 nil is the new 40 nil, you one-eyed cock. Sent then to me, as well as this week in Lee. Hash, feel my eel. Well, it's not the new 40 nil. I mean, one thing I would like to say, it is so heartwarming to see that 40 nil has become like this, this, you know, mythical benchmark of a flogging. That like, and it's not Manly fans alone that are going, you know, it's actually like, everyone's like, oh, 40 nil. Oh, 40 nil. You know, it's become the benchmark for the best. St. George went into the, the locker room and said, well, I shouldn't get that. It was bad, but at least it wasn't 40 nil. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, 36 nil is not the new 40 nil because uh, 40 nil is still, is still better than you, you fucking illiterate cock. Gotta love Keefe. A pair of the underachievers of the NRL couldn't even crack it for 40 nil. Ash, LOL at para. Former underscore legend. Garrick Morgan, Benji Marshall. Union players just don't make good league players. And uh, finally, shithead listener. Dragons were utterly disgraceful, but para genuinely brilliant. Hayne can do what he wants when he wants. Para are dangerous. So I'd para agree. fantasy, they're going to start, you know, getting in- insufferable on Twitter. So, yeah, we're going to be pushing yeah. fucking doom on Another spoon on before too long, yeah. West Tigers 22, scraped past the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 20 down there at the tip at Ramondas. And uh, the points went as follows. 22 to the West Tigers. For tries to David Nofaluma, Pat Richards, Corey Patterson and Chris Lawrence. Pat Richards 3 from 4 conversions. And the Sharkies 20 came from tries to Michael Gordon, Sam Tagatizzi and Paul Gallen. Gordon 3 from 3 conversions and 1 from 2 penalty goals. Yeah, well below their best, the Tigers, but um, playing a very uh, against a very tough Cronulla side with Paul Gallen and Wade Graham uh, leading the way on that front. It was good to see Ava and, and Jesse Sue um, and even Tapio in the earlier stages once he came on really um, stick it, you know, try and stick it to the Cronulla forwards. I, th- I think there was some there were some patches of play where the Cronulla forwards got right over the top of the Tigers and they had to fight back. And um, those guys off the back of um, Aaron Woods as well really, you know, got a chance to assert the Tigers' dominance um, as the game wore on, which was good because it wasn't looking real flash there for a little while. And um, and the Tigers were making far too many errors and too many missed tackles. And it was it was almost a 2013 game. And it was as I said they. A um, number of the players said after the game that you know it was it was not to their normal standard, um, which you like to hear as a fan. But um, Luke Brooks, 
I think I've got a bit of a theory. I think he'll really kick it up a level after the origin period. Um, and I think not having Robbie there might actually help him at the back end of the season. If he can take control and if they can jag a few wins when sorry just during the origin period. Um, his confidence will go through the roof and then once Robbie comes back and they get that combination going again hopefully um, Tedesco's back and he can play the rest of the season injury free which is touch wood um, yeah I just think this this origin period is, is crucial for the development of Luke Brooks and I look forward to seeing how he handles it because he hasn't handled life too well without uh, Robbie at this point to date I think he's probably tried to overplay his hand a little bit. I think he might have read some of his press and and um, the expectation of, of how good people think he is and how good they're expecting expecting him to be um, is probably dawning on him. And uh, you know that's he's a lot probably listening to this show to take, to take in. He's probably listening to the show. That's what you're saying. Well, hello, Luke, if you are listening, and um, you know clearly the. The greatest halfback in the competition. I suggest you step it up a notch. <laughs> oh, the Ben's there. Why is Brayton Nasta still starting over Blake Austin? Then the Tigers can have two useless young halves. He's going to hash Austin Powers, hash Brayton no more. At Tall Hayden. Everyone's favourite 89-year-old Shark supporter was not happy tonight and and uh, if, uh, and uh, actually did try to choke me out with my West Tigers scarf. Up, 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 Cronulla. Well, that's it. If you can't beat the Tigers, you can't beat anyone. Still love you, Sharks, but man, it hurts. Shane Aronovis. The Tigers have turned into the great side that Glenn always claimed they were. I was wrong to doubt. Hash in Glenn, we trust. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> suck your dick so fast. <laughs> gotta love Keefe. Another great win by the mighty West Tigers. A win made sweeter by Cronulla being the wife's team. Hash, I won, she lost. Hash, no loving for me tonight. To be fair, it probably wasn't coming yeah. anyway. North Queensland Cowboys 42 defeated the Sydney Roosters 10 up there at 1,300 teeth. The Cowboys 42 points came from a hat trick to Kane Linnett. JT got a try. Tarek Sims, Matthew Wright and Brent Tate also with tries. Thurston 5 from 7 conversions and 2 from 2 penalty goals. Defeating the Roosters 10 points tries to Anthony Minicello and Daniel Mortimer. Maloney 1 from 2. I think the Chooks would have struggled to beat the Cowboys on this night, even if they had showed up um, and had Mitchell yeah. Pearce. Cowboys were pretty much untouchable, and when it all clicks for them, it's a fairly irresistible force. I'm not, not convinced that it'll click when it matters, but when they get it right, they've got a perfect balance of um, powerful youth, experienced uh, experience up front. They've got the superstar factor in Jonathan Thurston, some good outside backs, and... Um, yeah, very, very impressive, impressive when they're on song. I don't know that there's been that many games this season where they have been on song. This is certainly one of them. And it was a very comprehensive performance. I just struggle. I wonder if Robinson's got a touch of the sheens, which is a, it's a nasty case if you're a coach. But um, Sonny Bill at six when you've got sexy eyes in the squad. Yeah, and sexy eyes actually in the, in the side. You're sitting there on the bench ready for yeah. you to go. Exactly. Um, it's the age-old adage, you know, do you weaken one position to, to strengthen another? And if you take Sonny Bill out of his second row and put him at 5'8", I, 
I think you're probably lessening two positions. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> Especially when you've got it, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how a half, a ready-made half. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how irresistible the Cowboys were, or how much a factor the Roosters were on it, because they were like flat as flat can be. I mean, the second flattest side that I saw this weekend, to be perfectly honest, and um, they were the flattest side being Manly, but um. They were just—it's like they, they weren't—they weren't interested. The body language was all wrong from start to finish. You have to wonder how much of a thing the Mitchell Pierce incident was for them. I wouldn't have thought it would have been massive, given that you know he was pretty much you know he'd he'd, he'd apologise, he paid a fine, you know the club had, had sort of circled the wagons around him. It's all good. And maybe that's maybe that's why it has had a big impact in, in the fact that a lot of the players, given his status amongst the playing group, would have expected that it'd be sort of swept under the carpet and it got a bit bigger yeah, than maybe. that and uh, you know it doesn't take much and, and you don't have to be off by a long way to, to cop a hiding in the yeah. NRL yeah. and maybe that was a factor or maybe it was just you know one of those games but uh, they've, they've got a lot of improvement based on so that how about that step from, uh, from Tupo at the end and he stepped on oh, fucking who was it that he stepped from the Cowboys I can't remember but holy fuck, it might have been one of the best steps I've ever seen. Was it Tupac or Tuvashashek? I think it was Tupac, wasn't it? Or was it Tuvashashek? Like, like yeah, I can't remember either. Fuck me dead, it was awesome though. Best step I've ever seen. <laughs> just left the guy fucking dead. <laughs> like four or five metres out of the play after the step. Unfucking believable And that was, that was set up on sexy eyes for his try there at the death. I mean, it was a consolation in every sense of the word, but uh, it looked good. It was impressive. Um... <laughs> His first guy's name on his uh, Twitter name is uh, at Cowie's Gonna Cow. <laughs> so I think he's obviously a new listener or a new new tweeter. Paco Sandusky is his name. Oh, is that the blue? Because it's the best one. He's the new Valente. <laughs> and he said, uh, Poosters showing they cannot compete with elite teams. Hash blown the fuck out. Hash prepare your anus NRL. So it sounds like we found a Gronk from the Cowboys side of the fence. Interested to hear. Uh, other than John, he's not really a grunt. No, I mean, he's fairly even-handed. Let's face it. He doesn't. He doesn't. Handed. Doesn't he even doesn't have come hands. out and say, you know, prepare your anus. And got fucking ham hocks on the end. He doesn't of come out that prepare your anus stuff, though. I mean, you know what I mean? He's like, yeah, you know, he keeps it. He keeps it fairly, you know, fairly respectful. Fairly. Uh, interested interested to see anus. what Parko thinks about Robert Louis. Yeah, well, it can be only one answer to that question. And, and how fucking sly was it for these cunts? Not to name that cunt in their side for women's mm. in league, women in league round, and then fucking slide him in there at six o'clock in the twenty jersey. It is pretty slow. Absolute pack of cunts. The Cowboys administration, coaching staff, and fan base are for allowing this to happen. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's pretty maybe two brutal. Out of three of those. <laughs> Uh, Ryan Fernandes awful Roosters performance only softened oh there we go softened by that two of us a check step so yeah it was a two of us a check was a step fucking it was a wonderful step um, he's got brilliant oh, footwork just, it was it was beautiful and I mean yeah it was you know well well into consolation time and you know you can make the argument the Cowboys were, you know, were, but fuck it was just an impressive move um, expertise he Oh, sorry, X-P-R-T-E-E-C-E. Another new tweeter, I believe. Cowboys versus Roosters. The refs are wearing yellow. Lucky Mitchell Pierce isn't playing. And finally, Hayden Fateni. That's despicable of the Cowboys to play Louis and the women in league round. Number 20, that's how many years he should be in jail. 100%. Exactly. Beautiful. 
The Penrith Panthers 26 defeated the Canberra Raiders 20. The uh, Panthers 26 came from a double to David Simmons, Josh Mansour, Matt Moylan and James Sigiaro also with tries. Jamie Sauer 3 from 5 conversions defeating the Raiders 20. A double to Reese Robinson, Joe Kroger and Anthony Milford also with tries and Kroger 2 from 3 conversions. It's nice for us OCD types, but Penrith's win-loss, 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 win-loss record is, is really going to haunt them at the back end of the season. Um, it was such a tight competition. You know, There's been some winnable games in there for Penrith, and they either haven't shown up or, or haven't been able to close the game out, and, and so their record is as it stands. But um, just on the... Do we want to talk about Ricky Stewart? Because Jesus fucking Christ, he went on about a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, look, I understand it must be very frustrating for Ricky Stewart. You know, um, this was the game where they put in, though. You know, as opposed to the, the you know other games this month, in particular the last couple of weeks where they've had 54 points scored against them. You know, on consecutive weeks. But I don't think bitching about the referees is the thing that's really going to lift this side out of the fucking quagmire that it's currently uh, yeah immersed in. Exactly. So yeah, I um, fuck I um, <laughs> summary. Fuck up, Ricky. I think as I think Stuart as Stuart did say in the press conference, it was it was, it was a lot better effort from the Raiders compared to what they've dished up the last couple of weeks away from home. So, um, for them to get the win at home is good for their fans, good for their confidence, and um, they go go again next week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Penrith fans. Weren't uh, weren't that happy with the win from what I saw, which is funny. I mean, like you know, take a win, motherfuckers. Win's a win. Take your win. Say it was never in doubt, <laughs> as you'll fucking hear shortly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Shane Aaron Elvis. Uh, I c- oh, sorry. Before I get into tweets, the other incident that came out of this game, I saw a beat up in one of the newspapers talking about. Oh, it was a black eye for the NRL this game because of you know the swearing you know caught on the on the microphones of players like I think it was Peter Wallace and uh, it was Campo. Yeah. Campo. Uh, you know, addressing the referees and you know dropping you know C bombs and and whatnot. <laughs> Like, how's that different to any... I mean, like, that happens every fucking week. Pretty pretty much. Yeah. Sure yeah don't, don't, listen, sure don't listen to this show. If, if that's, if that's going to... Yeah. Daily Telegraph. Yeah. If you're Daily Telegraph, that, you listen to this right now. Just this. fucking hang up, mate. Just delete it off your phone. Fuck's sake. I mean, yeah, it's not, I'm not going to I'm not gonna condone it as a great look or anything, but I think it's more of an issue with having having those things mic'd up than, uh, than you know, the players themselves. Because let me tell you... Every time I've been on a football field, I've heard far fucking worse, <laughs> far worse yeah. than what those guys came out with. Uh, Shane Aaron Elvis, I help. Oh, let me think. Let me decipher this into English and, and read it the way it should be said. I can't help but think that if our Glenn was coaching the Canberra Raiders, they'd be undefeated. Hash, wonder if Ricky gets paid. That's the third. Just wonder if I'll be. That's the third BJ you've got off this guy this week. There's something going on. Love me. I wonder if. Uh, no, did, I you fall, pay him? did you fall in love with him? No, I could not do that. Warriors suck balls. <laughs> yes. Yes. But also, so Ricky Stewart gets crappy refereeing everywhere he goes. Maybe it's to see the crap coach who got lucky, lucky once. Agree. Eddie PJ, champion bloke. Soward gave Raiders fans the finger after the siren at Canberra Stadium yesterday. Hash classy human. 
Not really. Jar TV. Good thing there's no fuckwit tax in Canberra. Cat's hair would be broke. What a fucking ICC Stuart runs. And ICC, of course, is uh, the, the terminology of Jared's invention from many seasons of this show ago. The uh, International Cunt Circus. And, uh, yeah, and Shana 86. A win's a win, but that was hideous. Two weeks removed from a bye, and I'm already breathing a sigh of relief that we have another. Yeah, it was... As I said, much better effort from the Raiders. Um, I just wonder, what are they going to dish up next week? They've had two 50-point losses. Then they've had this one. Then they've had this one. It's still, you know, a more competitive but competitive, yeah. Yeah. Do we go back to 50-point losses or do they jag a win? Or you just, you never know with these blokes. Or their coach. Yeah. Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, 16, defeated the New Zealand Warriors, 12. Over at Waikato, and the Doggies had tries to Mitch Brown, James Graham, Greg Eastwood. Hodkinson, one from three, and one penalty goal from one attempt. New Zealand Warriors, 12 points for tries to Ben Henry and Ben Matulino. And uh, Sean Johnson, two from two conversions. One of the best games of the year, I thought. Um, Fair game. Yeah, really high quality, very competitive, tough from both sides and some skillful attacking play. Um, but when it all boiled down, it was a, a clutch defensive play from Josh Morris, which saved the dog's hide. Um, Sean Johnson looked like he was going to score for all money. Um, Morris never gave up on the chase and, and managed to put him into touch shortly before putting the ball down. Uh, in a, you know, great chase, great effort. Um, Sam Tompkins still hasn't convinced me. Some, some, nice, some, some touches. nice touches. They just seem few and far between for a guy that's your, your marquee signing and he's earning marquee Convincing, money. I mean, seriously, I mean, he's, he's almost convinced me that he's he's up there with, he's up, he's up there with Benj. Dart of the year shit. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> the dogs continue to, to get it done. Will the extra origin workload now that their halves... Um, have been picked. Will that spur them on? Do they come back better players? Do they come tired? No, they dropped some games during the origin period, no doubt about it. Yeah, I, it's it's certainly being without their halves is something that they've they're not accustomed to. So, um, whether this little the next few weeks brings them back to the pack or, or spurs them on to something even bigger is uh, is going to be something to really keep your eye on because they're in a fantastic position at the moment and. Um, can certainly consolidate if if they put some solid performances together through this origin stage. My thoughts fall more in the lines of uh, the first tweeter, Troy, uh, Troy underscore 79. How did the Warriors not win that? Another lucky win by the Dogs. That's seven lucky wins in a row. <laughs> Shaboogan. Is Sam Tompkins the worst buyer of the year? Dude does sweet fuck all. Just mention something. I agree 100%. I mean, he's fucking, you know... This is this this experiment of you know ESL to NRL. It seems to go okay for forwards. Even you think way you know you think way back in the day like you know you know you you realies and yeah you Kevin Wards and yeah then you move to Adrian Morley and your forwards, Burge eyes. It seems to work well. Forwards it probably it translates. I think, um, especially forwards are determined by their their sheer fucking size. Yeah. You know, a good seventy five percent of the time. Um, you might have your smaller guys that are in there as your workhorse in the middle, but um, you know those those 
fuck, I've totally lost track of what I was saying. You were trying to justify why justify forwards from the ESL or, or from England yes. coming, you know, yes. fare better than backs. Yeah, so it probably, yeah, so fuck, I just had a, a I'm surprised, I'm surprised you didn't start talking about Michael Ennis again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it probably does translate well. That I think the pace of the game finds some of the backs out. Um, and yeah, Tompkins. It's it's pro- it's it's just not picking his moments often enough for a guy that's you know, and we have seen fortune. Yeah, we we have seen some some other back struggle as well, and um, whereas forwards have come out and not all of them, not all of them, but probably the vast majority have done yeah. fairly well. GT three fifty one underscore Johns seven in a row, great to bank these early wins. Short turnaround and back again for eight in a row. Go Bulldogs. Hash. Chapo the Creator. I hate that fucking hashtag. Chapo the Creator. Oh, you were going to say, hey, Chapo. I was like, yeah, oh, me Chapo. too. He's a, he's, a love, he's a lovable little battler on Twitter. Nothing lovable Get, about that. Bloke. Gets fucking hammered day in, day out. He's hammered worse than Jenna Jameson, mate. So, yeah. <laughs> Deservedly Smash so. Smash like an Idaho potato. Chapo the Creator. Another win today. Don't but a lot it. of credit goes to the NZ Warriors for a hard-fought game. How ungronky. That's why I picked it, because it was just completely ungronky. You're right. This seat is fucking giving me the pox. <laughs> and now I don't know how to put oh, it well. up. Keeps clicking and rattling and... Fucking go. Go anyway. low. Get low then. Get low. Okay, and finally, Monday Night Foot Bitch and coincidentally also the match of the round. The mighty Manly Sea Eagles 15 defeated the Newcastle Knights 14. Uh, Manly's 15 points came from a double to Jorge Tofua. Jamie Bure also with a try and field goals. Daly Cherry Evans with the clutchest motherfucking field goal you're likely to see. And Matt Ty won from three conversions. Darius Boyd with the opposite of that. <laughs> the one that you, when you don't get paid. And uh, the Newcastle Knights 14 uh, double to the Uate Parte. Don't act like you invented it, bitches. Dane Gagai also with a try. Uh, Kirk Gidley got a conversion. Also missed the fucking of, like penalty that was, you know. It wouldn't have even been 10 metres to the left of the upright. It was probably five, wasn't it? It's not even one you could say, well, it was kickable, but it was, it's it was like, it, it was like a try squad under the post. It was about that. And uh, Tyron Roberts, uh, he had he had missed two. I mean, goal kicking was a, a fucking tra- tragedy on both sides, to be perfectly honest. Goal kicking was, was, was the loser. It was. Um, not the... Oh, sorry. Not the, oh, sorry, yeah. we finished yep. Ra- yep. running through scores. Certainly not, the <laughs> Certainly not the slaughter that was expected. Um, you know, I think Manly... They probably put a couple of these together in a season. Um, as far as games where they just look like they've got no business even being there. They don't want to be there. They don't act like they want to be there. They're not really competing. They're just going through the fucking motions for a good 65 minutes. Um, you couldn't even say they come out after half time and... And you know, tubes of spray. Yeah, no. You know, it had no, this graphic no. effect. It went on and on and on. And when I decided to start playing, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, some way, somehow, the switch gets flicked. They throw a bomb up there for a while. They're like, oh, you know, and from position control. You know what? We're not, we're not going to lose to Newcastle no. tonight. And uh, we'll just just put it on and. There was fuck all Newcastle could do about it. As soon as Manly scored the first try, you could just feel that there was this wave coming and and no one in Newcastle knew what the hell to do with it, how to defend it, how to, you know, get the momentum to shift in their favour again. And, um, 
you know, Newcastle, Newcastle really, even with that manly wave coming and storming over the top of them, they still had their chances to win it. Um, they were just a long way from good enough after putting in so much effort to get the game within their grasp. They threw it away. Threw it away. And it'd be easy to, to give DCE the credit for, you know, a pretty impressive field goal. Um, just flawless technique. Fuck, his and strike like of the ball. That thing would have gone 60... Like, I mean, I, I said 80 yeah. metres on Twitter at the time. But Dead said, I mean, he would, have, he, would have got, he would have got that from 60 metres out. I mean, there was, it was still going up. It, you know, it hadn't actually peaked height when it crossed the, when it crossed the post. It just kept going. Yeah, in the end, it was uh, Gidley. Pretty much kicked it straight to fucking um, Gimlo's, if you think about it, geographically. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Gidley with that missed penalty goal and, and Fluffy with all the time in the world to, to kick a field goal to, to ice the game. Well, he was about 30 um, metres out, much, 35 metres out, just to the right of the uprights. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say he was any more didn't have, than 30. Didn't have anyone, I, I didn't say, anyone yeah. running at him at all. I mean, yeah. he had like, you know, 20 metres on all sides, a 20 metre radius all around him free from opposition players applying any sort of pressure at all um, he was the option he was the option field goal kicker because they were, you know they were quite sleeping on the field goal anyway but when they did wake up to it you know they rushed Mullen and then they did the big switch and hooked it right over to the right hand side for for Fluffy to have the fucking you, you can't get a field goal set up for yourself better than that you just can't no and we look at what DCE did with his he had way less time way less set up um, and, and managed to kick it. That's the difference between the two blokes. Um, but, yeah, well, as I said, I think it was Gidley and, and Darius Boyd that killed the Knights off. DCE just added one last bullet to the corpse. <laughs> Look, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Fuck, I love this team. I love, I love fucking supporting this team because you can never... You, they're never out of it. <laughs> like, they were playing, like, absolute horseshit. Um, a, a completion... I don't remember the statistic for the final uh, completions, but if they cracked 50% for completions, I'll be very fucking surprised. They had no, they had no ball, you know, no ball, Anything they had wasn't in their, you know, in their own end. They kept dropping it. I mean, you know, sometimes it was because they'd make a half break and they'd push the last pass trying to score the try on every play. But generally just inexcusable, fucking horrific. You know, they weren't up for it. The energy was all wrong, except when they started scoring tries at the very end and yet despite that as a as a someone watching the game you st- I still thought the whole time I was like yeah we'll f- we're going to win this game it didn't it, it never crossed my mind that we we're going to lose the game even it got down to I mean I when did Bure even the game up it was probably only about three minutes left or you know four minutes left by the time we scored that try even I'm like yeah no we were good especially once we scored the second try I was like yeah well we get we you know we're going to get the third try I'd, I'd appreciate it if we scored them close to the post and what do you know they did and I mean even that play it was just like they were just like, look, we've got all these players out. Let's just do something that fucking always works for us. So, so DCE moved over to the left-hand side to play the role of Kieran Foran to put the kick from left to right. Bureau stepped up to be like Jamie Lyon, or Hiku stepped up to be like Jamie Lyon, and then and then you know the Knights obliged. I think it was McManus that just fucking pretty much passed it straight forward into into, into Jamie Bureau's arms to score. But um, it's just fantastic that I mean, you know, when you think of you know teams like supporters of teams like Parramatta where they just get fucking blown apart, you know, week after week. Or, you know, they get blown apart, like, you know, 50% of the time and then lose heartbreaking games and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's just fucking yep. great to have a team that they just don't... Fight. <laughs> they, they're always in it and they just... Uh... I know what you mean, mate. I know what you mean now. After watching the Tigers, you know, score a 
gritty come from behind win <laughs> against quality that, opposition. I know that, exactly what that, that win that the Tigers had was, you were saying it was like 2013. It's like the his, entire history of this show. And it happens against Cronulla too. Every time, it's always a Cronulla game. It's where like the Tigers do not deserve to fucking win the game, but somehow they win by two. Or, you know, less than a converted try. Somehow they find a way to, to win it. But, um, yeah. Because we own the yeah, Sharks. Yeah. And the Cowboys. So, uh, I mean, and, uh, and you know, it's, it's very easy to fall into the trap of falling sorry for the Knights. But, you know, fuck them. And there were some Manly fans carrying on like right oh. prats. There's a, you know, it's, it's funny to, of a sudden, oh, we won, it's funny it's to, see, to, to see the, the, the wave of emotion. Someone like Unky D, his tweets, he was tweet. There were, there were tweets 20 minutes out like, we fucking lost this game, this is terrible. You know, this was, must be what it feels like to be a West Tigers supporter. And then you see it and he's like, oh, you know, I was wrong, we won. I mean, like, I, I never I, I never feel like we're out of a game no matter how much time's left. And that's probably delusional. You know, maybe you're behind by more than a try with two minutes left and you think somehow miraculously you'll score a try and then, you know, get the ball and go length the field. But yeah, um, you know, in cases like this, you know, it's justified and it just feels... Fuels the, the glorious glory even more. Uh, the Ben Zed, what a great drop goal. The term drop kick, however, should now be used to describe Darius Boyd. Then he's got hash Wayne's sphincter cleaner. Tirana 355. We played like horse shit for 75 minutes, but as Manly does, we found a way to win. Hash, you can't buy that shit. Hash, never in doubt. And, you know, people wouldn't have thought that this tweet would get included in the show but I'm including it anyway GT351 underscore Johns I imagine Nate will bleed about how this was game of the round me I'm smart I watch paint dry instead of idiots at Sookvale well how would you know it's game of the round because you didn't watch it you're watching paint dry probably smelling the fucking paint it was probably lead based paint too sling blade now uh, Jihad Gerald that sounds like a new name uh, Tyrone the creator calls himself Oh, it must be fucking, you know... Brother of Chapo. Fucking Chapo. Fuck this. Missed penalty goal. Field goal. Both teams played shit. Manly shittier than Newey. Hash, Tinks forgot to pay refs. Hash, this is what you get. That sounds to me like a Newcastle supporter. And uh, Benny27. Well done, NRL Knights. Boys, you certainly earned your paychecks this week. Oh, wait. <laughs> and uh, Tiger Benji. Let's face it. It could have been 40-0 with 10 to play. Newcastle still would have found a way to fuck it up. <laughs> So uh, it's not often he's uh, bringing the wisdom uh, down on the side of Manly. Previews kick off on Friday night football. Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs take on the Sydney Roosters. Uh, I guess like a, a marquee matchup. You could say that's been kind of robbed of, uh, of of its spectacle a little bit with uh, what is at least six players out. I mean, I know there's four for the dogs. Yeah, look, I um, you only have to look at the the halves for for the Roosters: Mitchell Pearce, James Maloney. They will be stung um, fairly heavily by the the fact that their origin spots have been taken by the Bulldogs halves, and they'll probably be out to prove a point. Um. Obviously Jennings and Tupo out for for the Roosters, but some fairly handy replacements there, and I think their forwards are probably good enough to match it with the Dogs and and Pierce and Maloney in in the right frame of mind. Um, should do a bit of a job on the Dogs, I think. Yep, spine intact, quite frankly. Mm. And then you look at the halves for the for the doggies now: Rennie Matua and uh, Moses Mbai. I love Rennie Matua, but uh, he's a long way from a six these days. Chris Nanu finds his way back into the side on the wing too. 
So a, a rare reprieve, a rare taste of first grade. I wonder if he'll still be the a... dogs after June 30. That's just where there's smoke, there's fire. He seems to be linked with everyone, and yeah. they're, they're obviously shopping him around. He'll certainly be out next year if he doesn't make it by the deadline. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it's gone a little bit quiet, so maybe not for the deadline, but uh, you know, he's definitely you know got to find his way out of there, which is weird because, I mean, it seemed like he really found his, found his place there. Mm. But uh, once again, as it seems to happen at every club that Inu resides at, he's uh, fallen out again. But yeah, I think that uh, I think the Roosters will get this one. Um, you know, would they have got him without the you know the players the player drain on this game? You know, I guess we'll never know. But uh, yeah, the Roosters can only play enough, what's in front close of enough to full strength. Mm. Quite frankly, okay. Gold Coast Titans take on the New Zealand Warriors at Seabus, and uh, this is a Saturday afternoon game. Still a pretty uh, impressive forward pack for the Titans. Um, Bo Henry and Albert Kelly in the halves now. Uh, with with the injury to Caesar, so um, interesting. Also, Bo Falloon has got Matt Sarama's starting spot in the Titans. Um, was really impressed last season with Matt Swar- Matt Sarama. Uh, I think he's a really quality hooker. Um, and Bo Falloon, obviously, probably on account of the fact he's probably a better defender, is um, has relegated Sarama to the bench, but. Or just, I suspect the Warriors might get get the job done here. I don't think the playing away. I don't think that really counts when you're playing at uh, the old Skill Park. The form was on the board for the Warriors lately. I mean, you know, they lost last week to the Dogs, but I mean that was a good game. It was a closely contested game. They certainly had their chance to win. The week before, they put an absolute ass whipping on Canberra, and yeah, I mean that's something that anyone you know could have done. You know, given the right mood. But the Titans, you know, like you said, the uh, you know the the party's over for those guys. Uh, the, their decline from the top of the table is uh, you know unabated at this stage, exactly. and uh, you know I don't see it stopping for this. Also, the Warriors are one of those fortunate sides that they generally tend to escape Origin fairly, yeah, you know, get off fairly lightly as well. So they keep a consistency to their lineup. Okay, Saturday night game: West Tigers take on the Brisbane Broncos down there in Campbelltown. No, Robbie. Uh, no Woodsy, but um, Martin Tapia comes into the starting side uh, in Woods' absence. So uh, interested to see how many minutes he gets from Potter. Uh, certainly capable of playing a lot of minutes um, if he's managed correctly. And I think if he is, then he'll, he'll lay a really good platform along with Keithy and um, Ava and Suaso once they... <clears throat> excuse me, once they come onto the field. As I said earlier, it probably comes down to Barber. There's enough, um, you know, solid first-grade talent in the Broncos' side to to win this game if they're good enough, but they really need a spark, and that probably must come from from Ben Barber if they're to win this game, which I um, I think that the, the Tigers would be looking to prove a bit of a point uh, that they can, they can definitely win without Robbie, and uh, they're at home. It's, they've got every reason to win, and I think they will. They're up against Lachlan Maranta. You know, it's always a good sign. Uh, Copley, you know, he was excellent in the centres before um, uh, Hodges came back, so he moves back there. Uh, so it's Maranta on his outside that's probably going to cause him the issues. Um, otherwise, fairly stable lineup for the Broncos. They haven't been as uh, as badly pillaged by Origin as they traditionally are. I mean, they've got Sam Thide out through injury, and, uh, you know, they've obviously lost 
an excellent player, you know, one of their best players in Hodges mm. uh, to Origin, and uh, of course, uh, God as well. I think Corey they've, um, you know, the Tigers still have Brooks, um, some pretty handy outside backs, and, and Aster and, and the forwards to to lay the platform and get over the top of the Broncos early. So yeah, I think the Tigers will win. It's an interesting one because, I mean, you know, Tedesco and Farah out has been a recipe for defeat for mm. the Tigers this season. And then you throw Woods on top of that and, you know, the, the the picture gets uglier. But, you know, I still don't rate the Broncos, even though even the wins have jagged. I've never rated them. Yep. So I think uh, Tigers at home. Avoid one of Lock their homes. Think. One of their homes. And uh, the Canberra Raiders, Sunday afternoon, take on the North Queensland Cowboys down in Canberra. And once again, another massively <laughs> origin-influenced game with the Cowboys certainly losing their three best players. Yeah, I think the Raiders are probably due for a win. And I think that the Cowboys, despite their, their purple patch of form, are, are due a loss with the, with the absence of uh, Thurston in particular, but also Scott and the other blokes. So... Um, I think with this one being at home, might be a time for the Raiders to get the job done and and squeak out a pretty close victory against the Cowboys. And the the, the Cowboys are absolutely wrecked by Origin. I mean, you, the the outs are just impossible to cover. I mean, Robert Louis, you know, in five eighth, Ray Ray comes into seven. Their front row, well, let's just their props: Scott Bolton and Ashton Sims. <laughs> you're replacing I mean like Tamo hasn't been setting the world on fire but you're replacing a front row of Tamo and Matt Scott with Scott Bolton and Ashton Sims you're in fucking deep trouble yeah deep trouble you sure are um, you know this is the thing Canberra haven't been going that great though I mean it's hard to tip them with any confidence but they did have put up an improved showing last week and you could only assume that the Cowboys are going to be super disjointed without Thurston. I mean, he everything comes from Thurston. Their entire club is based around Thurston. And when Thurston's not there, it's just not a scenario where they're prepared to, to play well. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I think the Raiders will get the job done. And finally, in this uh, origin by shortened round, we have the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs at the tip at Ramondas on Monday Night Football. Rabbitohs halves um, hold the key to victory for them. I think um, the confidence that Greg Inglis brings to the side just by his mere presence um, is not something going to be able to draw from. So it's going to come down to Sutton and Reynolds uh, in this side. And, you know, no Gallon is, and, and obviously no Fafita. For the Sharkies, is, um, it's, it's a pretty big mountain to climb. Uh, Carney's also out again so I think Sutton and Reynolds I think that's the key to the victory for the Rabbitohs I don't think it'll be a blowout I think they'll get it done but close a, a close match the Rabbitohs have stability where it counts yeah you know they got their hearts. Merritt's played a lot of fullback for him too yeah in, in origin time and you'd hope that he'd been stung by his relegation down to you know Reggie's yeah. to you know perform Johnson, Walker you know Arvo, Reddy they've pretty much been the guys most of the season anyway in those positions uh, you know if you look at their side it's not that much change except for yeah I mean you know Greg Lewis is a big out but is he is, you know the outs on the Sharky side mm. I just can't see him getting close yeah I don't think they'll blow him out I think the Sharks showed um, you know they've still got some pretty tough forwards in there which you know which will compete and, and make it you know, get under the Rabbitohs' skin a little bit and make it a closer game, but I still think they'll 
they'll take a bit of a loss. And that is full time for episode 155. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League. And we're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Make sure you hit the like button, share our stuff around. It's all good. iTunes, no new reviews this week. Hit iTunes up and give us a review if you want to be showered with uh, with love and affection Slap from the bastards. two of us. Pick your game up. Exactly, exactly. Tipping. No change at the top. In fact, Shane Aaron Elvis has increased his lead to uh, two at the top now. Like and a magician would. Good night, CJ in second on 52. Whitey, Tiger, uh, Whitey on 52 as well. Then one back on 51. We've got Tigers 12.0. Lemon, GT John, and three-card magic trick. And it's funny, Doggies fans are, get, are getting up towards the top because they're picking the dogs and everyone else isn't. Uh, then we, you know, on 50, we've got Kylie M, Life of Ty, and Tucker rounding out the top 10. Uh, fantasy. CJ's remain on top narrowly over too much tuna, narrowly over dingbats. Winter is crowding the Wendells, myself, the Mike Hunt All Stars, and we've got Mighty Doggies, Southside Clackers, Bench Warmers, and Sarcastic Pricks. And once again, from first to, to tenth, we've it's about 400 points 180, sorry. Yeah, 380 points. So not that much. You know, that can change in a week, really. Absolutely. And of course, with the shop, we're still clearing out the old Revelation shirts, Tigers in Decline shirts, and uh, we've got to do something special to clear out the final memberships for the year that we'll be offering when we get the chance to figure out what we've got left. Shouldn't be too much left, given no. the uh, the influx of orders, even since we've placed the exactly. uh, the orders for the gear. So um, if, if you're still keen... Um, and want to contribute to the show and get some awesome merchandise while you're at it, uh, there's still time. We probably still have your size. Exactly. And uh, shorter shorter show this week, but, uh, you know, we had to get a show out anyway. Exactly. Because, uh, we do it for you fuckers. And I'm pretty sure I sleep-casted on more than one occasion, but none of you probably noticed anyway. <laughs> and that's all we've got time for, so I'll talk to you next week. See ya. <laughs>